To us, magic sounds like this extraordinary thing, pulling a rabbit out of the hat, coming out of nowhere. But it's here, it's real. And the more that we are open to the unseen, to the energies of this world, to abundance and manifesting, to calling in and growing, the more we'll be able to call magic into our lives. Join me as I share stories, wisdom, and curiosity around connecting with your higher frequency, tapping into the synchronicities of the universe, and opening up to the unseen possibilities that this world has to offer. I am your host, Dana Fay, and this is the Ordinary Magic Podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2024. You did it. You made it through 2023. Maybe you had an amazing year. Maybe it was quite a hard one. Everyone's in a different place. And I think what's fun is that because there's so many people as a collective who get excited about the new year and, you know, setting some new intentions and just kind of like that feeling of turning the page that the energy is there for you to do that. So It's funny, every other year I'm either super into it or I try to say I don't want to be into it and I get into it anyway. (laughs) For example, it's quite trendy right now to pick a word as kind of your theme for the next year. And the last couple years I did that and it was really fun because I was just starting to tap into the spirit realm. I was starting to connect with my higher self and my guides and asking the universe for my word and then being like, okay, give me a sign if that's my word. And then these signs would come or the word would come multiple times. And I would be like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. It's so magical. And this year I didn't want to pick a word. I didn't really want to do anything for New Year's. And what's funny is that I'm actually practicing right now, honing my psychic skills. And so I am practicing tuning in to these higher energies quite often. And whenever I would talk about not picking a word, the word would come. <laughs> Just this one word would hit my hit my center. And I was like, okay, fine. If this is my word, give me a sign. And I just started learning tarot and I was playing with my tarot deck and I was pulling a spread for the first quarter of the year and then for the energy of the year. And the card I pulled for the energy of the year literally is the word. (laughs) And I looked through the whole tarot deck and that word is only in a description of one other card. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. I guess this is my word this year. So it's really cool, actually, as I reflect on the evolution of first being introduced to being able to connect with my soul and connect with my higher self and connecting with, you know, my dad who passed away or loved ones and my guides, my angels. At first, when you learn about it, it's just unbelievable. And it's definitely a muscle that needs to be built. And I still have times when I'm second guessing myself. I'm actually practicing on a group of people right now with tuning in and they've all given me a question and I've told them, Hey, I'm practicing. Thank you so much. You know, you take it with a grain of salt, whatever lands great. What doesn't fine. And it's so interesting from person to person, what I feel like was truly me tuning in. And when my mind jumps in and goes, you're crazy, like you're making this all up. And in general, it's happening with the people that I actually know on a personal level, because I know them like human to human connection. 
my mind jumps in or my ego jumps in and thinks like, who do you think you are to be tuning into their spirit guides and getting this information? But I've been tuning into a few people that I've really don't know anything about and information, feelings, things that I'm seeing come for that. And it's really exciting. So I've just been reflecting on how cool this journey is when you start to connect with your magical self, because in the beginning, it's so exciting. Like when you see your numbers that you see all the time and like these little things, you know, like, Oh, like asking for the parking spot and it shows up like all these little things that is perfect. If you are at that place in your journey, that's exactly where you should be. Get excited about it. And when those kismet things do happen, when those synchronicities do happen, say thank you universe or source or creator or God or whatever word you use for that. Like, thank you. This is so amazing. I'm going to invite more of this into my life. And you go through seasons. Sometimes your personal life kind of takes over and you don't connect as much. You are kind of in more of a survival mode. And if you are able to have a spiritual practice, where you're able to sit and go inward, connect with your soul, your higher self, your guides. Just take a moment to be super grateful for that. That means you're in a place in your life where you're not in survival mode all the time. And I really feel for people who aren't able to do that because they're simply just you know, trying to put one foot in front of the other, trying to put food on the table for their kids, trying to get sleep, trying to work three jobs to make ends meet. Social media and technology really shows us just how different everybody's lives are and that we're all walking through different things. And at times, it can feel really silly to want the things you want, to desire the things you want that feel like a little bit extra. Your ego jumps in and is like, who do you think you are to desire that thing? Don't you have enough? And I'm not just talking about material things. I'm also talking about how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel in your body? How do you want to look? How do you want your health to be? How do you want your interactions to be with your family and your loved ones and your relationships? You can desire more. And if you are in a place where you are able to desire more and think about it and reflect on it and do the inner work to help yourself get to that, embrace it. Do it for the people who aren't in that place right now. You're so fortunate. You're so lucky. And I think the more that we bring energy to 2024 about being super grateful for what we have and also super grateful for anybody that you have in your life, for your relationships, from the smallest one of a high school friend that you only talk to every five years, but when you do, it's absolutely amazing, to your most intimate relationships, to your community with your kids at school or you know, the Frisbee team you play on or whatever it is, I do keep feeling like community is going to come up over and over again over this next year as things speed up, as the energy speeds up. And what do I mean by that in regards to Pluto moving into Aquarius later in January? It is going to transform (laughs) a lot. And 
We got a taste of it last year around March. And I believe we did talk about Pluto moving into Aquarius on episode 11 with Brian Coulter. So definitely listen back to that episode because it's super helpful just to understand where is Pluto moving in your personal chart, but also that the energy that we felt, I believe it was around last March when AI was all the rage. And I don't know if you remember, but it like came online and then it was kind of like people forgot about it for a little bit or it calmed down. That is going to be happening again late this January back as Pluto moves back into Aquarius. So the energy is going to speed up this year, but I think where we can really slow down is with connecting with our community, connecting with people in our lives and not discounting even the smallest of relationships that you have. I think it's really important. And this is an interesting solo episode because as I'm wishing you a super happy new year, I'm also letting you know this is the last episode of season one on Ordinary Magic. We are going to take a little bit of a break before we get started with season two. And I just want to say to everybody who has listened to any bit of one episode, thank you so much. It means the world to me. This podcast took some confidence. (laughs) It was something that wanted to come out of me. I wanted to express myself more and I wanted to express in regards to what I'm super interested in, which is our evolution in consciousness as we connect to the metaphysical world. And I started out this season kind of talking about coming out of the spiritual closet and it was really liberating. And I didn't know if anyone really listened, but I knew I enjoyed doing this. And so I was pleasantly surprised when people did start listening. And when I got feedback that they really enjoyed some of the people we had on, I mean, we learned so much. We had Emily the Medium on, connecting with spirit babies. We had all about navigating your nervous system with Courtney Allison. We talked with Annika Moreta from Mother Healer about intuitive rebirth through motherhood. And also with Jen Quaid, we talked about tapping into your inner pharmacy, which was so potent and many more. We had many more people on and the feedback was absolutely amazing. So thank you to all everyone who was on the podcast as well. I really appreciate you and your time. When I received feedback, actually from one person that was on the podcast, she said, somebody came up to her and said, I heard you on Ordinary Magic and your story was so inspiring for me. It gave me the confidence to take the next step in the direction I know I needed to go. And this person just said, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Like, I can't believe, you know, that we, we did that. And that's something that we created out of nowhere. And that is what we're moving into the Aquarius age, the age of Aquarius, where we get to innovate and do things for the betterment of our community, for the people who want to be in this community. Not everybody needs to be, but the ones that feel called to it. And we get to kind of write our own rules. We get to do this however we want. So I'm really excited to bring back Ordinary Magic for season two and have a lot more fun now that we have one season under our belt and kind of understand how this podcasting world works. I can have more of a goal in regards to what we want to learn, who we want to hear from, what we want to explore. So please send me a message on Instagram at Dana.Faye, D-A-Y-N-A dot F-A-Y-E, 
What do you want more of on Ordinary Magic? What did you like in season one? I'd really appreciate your feedback because you are the person listening. And even though I have a million ideas of people I want to talk to, of topics I want to go over, of stories I want to share, I'm so open to what you want to hear as well and what you're more curious about. Where are you at in your journey right now and what do you need help with? I kind of was thinking about what was a common thread with all of the episodes last year on Ordinary Magic. And I really feel it comes down to you are your own inner guru. You have the magic. You have the knowing of what's true for you, what you need, what your kids need, what your loved ones need. And that's what's really important. Everyone's journey is so different, but the main thread that happens is they're bringing more awareness to themselves and their soul and their heart center and their higher self and their guides. And as they do that, they start to peel back the layers of who they always were, but kind of got lost along the way. And the thread is that you can trust yourself. And the more that you practice trusting yourself, the more that you can. And I was just talking about that yesterday, actually, with my real estate team, we were talking about doing cold plunges. And I said, you know, I I decided a winter ago that doing a cold shower during the winter in Wisconsin is not good for my nervous system. That in fact, yes, a cold plunge can be super healing for you, but it does activate your nervous system and it can cause inflammation. So if you are already having a lot of stress in your life and worry and anxiety, and you already run pretty high with your nervous system, or you are very Vata in Ayurveda, maybe a cold shower in winter is actually not as healing as you think. And we went around the table and all shared like, well, this is what this person says. And this is what that person says. And what was awesome was that when I said that one of my colleagues was like, oh my gosh, good. I don't want to do them. I at least don't want to do them in winter. And I said, yes, absolutely. Like during the summer in Wisconsin and I'm camping. Yeah. Do I encourage myself to jump in the cold lake and get that, that hit on my nervous system to help my body? Absolutely. But it's warm outside. (laughs) I'm trying to keep myself warm in winter when I already run cold. Right. And that is just one example of really listening to myself. Because the science is out there that it's really healthy for you. If you really got to know your body, maybe it's not healthy for you during the winter. I guarantee you, I haven't looked it up, but I'm through Ayurveda, if you're very, very running Vata, I don't think they would suggest you taking a super cold shower or a cold plunge in the middle of winter. It wouldn't at least be good for your digestive system at all. (laughs) So that's an example of where can you start listening to your body? Because your body holds the key. Your body holds the wisdom. It holds all the answers for what your intuition is trying to tell you and where it's trying to lead you. And what's great is that if this feels overwhelming to you, don't worry. The universe is pushing you towards where you need to go no matter what. It just might push you there through pain and suffering and a little bit of a longer jagged course. Or you can do some meditation, some self-reflection, some journaling, some, you know, astrology, whatever that is, tune into yourself to take the journey that isn't as painful or to get there a little bit faster or to pull back the layers of confusion a little bit faster. So as we turn the page to a new year, I think the whole you know, New Year's resolution thing is out, right? Most people aren't really doing that anymore. But I think setting an intention 
is a great idea. And coming back to that intention over and over again, it is going to be very easy in 2024 for us to allow our energy to go into multiple directions, multiple directions. If you think now you have so much information at your fingertips, you're going to have even more. So I challenge you this year to set an intention on one thing, one thing that you've been wanting to change or update or get over for years and years and years. What could that be? Emotional eating, numbing out with eating, numbing out with Netflix, complaining, complaining about your family members or gossiping, playing the victim, right? Complaining about the situation you're in, feeling like you have no control, having a bad money story, okay? Working on your money story, figuring out where you can release some blocks that, or, you know, this could have came from many layers of your family or you, your conditioning, bringing up of what you need to release in regards to your money story, doing the thing in your career that you finally wanted to do, or being so incredibly present with your kids in a way that you've never been before, or cooking more and not making up excuses that you don't have enough time. It can be anything, but I challenge you to set an intention for one thing. Be like, okay, this is going to be my ordinary magic intention this year. I'm going to bring the ordinary, the human side, and I'm going to bring the magic, the spirit side. What would be good for my human and my spirit? I know, I mean, for example, just personally, emotionally eating is something I just feel so done with. It is something that I feel like I started in college, which was many, many years ago now, and I still continue to this day, and I'm so done. I am so done. I am so ready to just pause that, make an intention to feel the uncomfortableness that I feel in my body instead of grabbing something salty or heavy peanut butter, something delicious that makes my body feel good again. I want to make my body feel good again. I don't want to look to a food to make me feel good again. So that's one example. And if you just focus that one intention this year and you succeed in that, that's amazing. And while you were doing that, I guarantee you will also be succeeding in the five other goals that you would have set for yourself this year because it's a ripple effect. One thing that you do for yourself is going to change your lifestyle. It's going to change you from the inside and it's going to be reflected on the outside. So find your ordinary magic intention for 2024. I am so excited to connect back with you guys and bring more people on the show. And thank you. Just thank you so much. I hope you have a beautiful January. And to finish this episode out, I would like to share with you one of our most listened to episodes by Brian Coulter. There was a little part in there that didn't make it into the episode last year because it wasn't really about astrology, but it was about our consciousness. And I just felt like it was so potent and it landed so much for me that because we are talking about the one thread is bringing more self-awareness to yourself. I want to share this clip with you with Brian Coulter. All right. Take care, everybody. Our level of consciousness means everything. And just on a personal level, you know, coming from more love and peace, unconditional love, joy, joy is a very high frequency, as opposed to fear, pride, anger, guilt, shame which 
energetically are, are at a lower frequency. And it's all part of the spectrum of our experience as humans. Everybody experiences some of that anger or fear. But in my opinion, just on a personal level, I feel it's my greatest interest to try to cultivate that those more uh, loving set of emotions, okay, and be hyper aware of when I'm dipping more into anger and pride, recognizing that as low consciousness or stress-based or egoistic expressions of human potential, and then always strive for, for love. I'm a big fan of the work of David Hawkins. I don't know if you know who that is, but he created the scale of consciousness. The scale of consciousness is from zero to 1,000 in terms of what our frequency can be as a human in any given moment. 1,000 being like, you know, Christ consciousness or like the highest possibility. And then zero being basically lifeless or dead. And then anything below 200 is those more egoic emotional states that I reference. Everything above 200 all the way to 1,000 is a more positive expression. And the more we raise our consciousness, the more we can express the higher octave expressions of those archetypes that we can see in our birth charts as opposed to the more egoic ones. And the more we raise our consciousness on an individual level, it has a positive impact in the people around us. It rubs off. So too, if we're coming from fear and anger, it rubs off too, because (laughs) we can feel it. And it creates this aggregore of energy within the collective. Over the last few years, for obvious reasons, there's been, on average, more fear and uncertainty within the collective, more stress or anger. And when people are in fear consciousness, their perception of reality is easily manipulated, which has also been a problem. But if we can raise our consciousness in a more positive way, we can have a positive effect on others, and that can ripple out too. So yes, on an individual level, if we raise our consciousness, we do our own small part for the collective consciousness and helping to raise that. If there's some Chinese mystic in a cave meditating 20 hours a day, and he's floating in the air in the full lotus, and he's glowing in the dark, you could say, well, he's just by himself. Yeah, he's evolving spiritually very rapidly. That's pretty impressive. Here he is, a living Jedi. But what good is he doing in the world? Well, in fact, he's helping millions of people just by existing on planet Earth at that level of consciousness. That's something else David Hawkins proved. He says somebody operating at 700-level consciousness, which is basically enlightenment, counterbalances, I think something like 20 million people or something like that. I'd have to look at the stats again. So consciousness is key. I always love to say that. And you can use your chart to raise your consciousness as you go, as you inspiring, feel that inspiration heading towards, again, the highest octave potential for you as you manifest your destiny, so to speak. But then also, and this is why I like to do meditation in my work, Meditation, in my opinion, is one of the most powerful methods uh, to do that. And you can blend and merge them together. That's beautiful. And I feel like that brings so much hope. I think oftentimes people feel helpless, like they don't know what to do. And like you just painted the picture of, there has been a lot of fear feelings on this planet. And it's like a domino effect, even if you're trying not to. So when you said from your own personal experience, when you do start feeling those lower consciousness feelings, how do you not bypass it and just be like, okay, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to raise my consciousness. Like, 
you kind of said it right there, the you're learning about your chart and meditation. Those are two tools that you go to. What do you do right in the moment where you do have a reaction of fear or anger and you're like, oh, I want to play my part for humanity. I want to help raise the consciousness for everybody. How do I flip the switch for myself right now? Well, when I'm triggered, you know it's a compelling thing, especially with anger, right? If you get angry, it's like, you feel justified to be angry and you want righteous indignation and 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 anger is can be useful in certain forms but at the end of the day in my opinion it's very, it's very destructive so if i get angry what i like to do in that moment is to just remove myself from the environment which is agitating me for whatever because it's really hard to rein that in i always like to think of these emotions which are housed in our subconsciousness they're habit energies, emotional habit energies. And I like to visualize them as a little gremlin coming out to play. And that gremlin is hungry and it wants to express itself. And its food is your energy. And if you allow that expression of anger, not only is it cause destruction in your life and being a little dramatic with the language, but it, it is a destruction energy. But it also, if, it, if you allow it expression, it also saps all the energy out of your aura, out of your etheric body. And it's said that really strong outbursts of anger, like rage, can eat up enough of your energy out of your system that would take a month's worth of food to recuperate. You know, so wow. anger just sucks the life force right out of you. And anger is something I've been working with my whole life. You know, I have in my astrology chart, I got Mars conjunct my moon. Mars is the war god, the god of anger. So it's something... Moon is about emotion. It's something I've been working with. And I like to remove myself from the environment and to just breathe. Because when I get angry, it's like, you know, red face, tense. My ability to reason with logic goes right out the window. <laughs> and I just like to separate myself from that environment, close my eyes and just sit with it and feel it and breathe. And a good strategy is to not think about what's making you angry because thoughts and emotions they're both energy and they're and they both coexist together and that emotion of anger wants you to think wants you to relive that event that just happened that just made you angry you know play it in your mind like a movie over and over again that's probably the worst thing you could do but it's so, <laughs> so easy to go there too oh it's so easy oh. as i said it's compelling it's almost a form of possession i know that sounds a little extreme but it definitely these emotions can be quite strong and they affect your personality for sure. Yeah. So it's important to realize that you're not your emotions. You're not your thoughts. They are yours. They're your responsibility, but they're not you. They're just passing expressions. So if you can learn to sit with them and just, you'd be amazed. Even if you're really angry, if you can sit down and just breathe and just be and feel where you feel the anger in your body, it's almost very somatic and to just not feed it thoughts, and you deprive it of the energy it seeks. And within a few minutes, it goes right back to the subconscious mind a little bit weaker instead of a little bit stronger. So and that's how say, I work with it. See you later, gremlin. Peace. <laughs> yeah, peace out. Oh, that's such a great tip. And as a Gemini son, you know, I, I, I can relate to letting my 
thoughts and emotions take over my my headspace. So to really just sit and go, I'm going to be the observer and just sit in my body and feel where this anger is right now. I'm not going to engage if it was with another person or whatever that is. I'm going to remove myself from the situation and feel it out and take some deep breaths and just see if I can yeah, put that gremlin back in its cage a little bit. Put it back in its cage, but hopefully weaker instead of stronger. Yeah. Because subconscious habit energies grow more powerful as you age, the more and more you allow them expression. How do you start to tune into your subconscious habit energies? I mean, that's something that, from my understanding, you take, you know, you're mostly programmed from like age one to seven, maybe to 14. I mean, it seemed to me my spiritual awakening around 25 years old up until my Saturn return, like, was a time where I could finally bring awareness to these these habit patterns. Do you have any tips for people to start to bring awareness to that? Uh, Introspection and observation. The thing with subconscious patterning is they're subconscious. They're underneath conscious awareness. And about 80% of our daily thoughts and emotions on average are habitual. They're ingrained in the subconscious. And and so 80% of us are kind of just, you know, sleepwalking through life, basically. And that's part of raising your consciousness is is developing your conscious awareness about some of that patterning. And there's many ways of doing it. My favorite way, since I'm such a big advocate for meditation, is to do a nightly in a nightly meditation called nightly introspection. I learned it from a Christian mystic from Cyprus, Greece. And this is the first meditation he taught all his students. And you do it at night for two reasons, specifically before you sleep. Reason number one is you're sleepy. So you're already in a meditative state. And then reason number two is during this meditation, you remember the day you just had from start to finish and remember all the key events that happened during that day and then relive those events in your mind through one of your superpowers, which is visualization. And remember, try to remember. And at first, it'll be hard to remember because they're subconscious. It'll be kind of uh, cloudy or foggy. It's like, I don't quite remember what I thought there. That's okay. The more you practice it, the more clarity you'll have around remembering that because you'll slowly over time become more conscious. And you remember what you thought, what you said, what you did, whoever it is you were talking to or interacting with, what what they did, what they said and how that felt for you. And you just relive it. And it's you're looking at it from a place of detached observation without any praise or blame. That's really key. Almost like observing it like a scientist. It's like, hmm, I said that. Why did I say that? Because I was feeling this. Because I was thinking this. And you do that every night. You'd be amazed about how familiar you become with your subconscious mind and your, your patterning. And then slowly over time, as you do this, you'll notice yourself in the middle of a day, that same thought will pop up and you'll be like, oh, yes, I've been looking at you the last nights. I remember you. And then with that conscious awareness in that moment, leveraging another superpower, which is willpower, you can choose to pivot and think to yourself, even if the worst is true, instead of thinking this pesky thought that I'd really prefer to dissolve. I'm going to consciously choose this instead. I'm going to consciously choose a more loving thought. Wow, that is so profound. 
And I imagine that the first time that you consciously choose the other thought is like the key going into the door and unlocking that new path. You're creating a new thought form. And ideally, over time, you want to empower those thought forms that you would prefer to express. And simultaneously, you starve the gremlins. Ordinary Magic is a Lit Path Studios production produced by Jamie Gale and Dana Fay. Music is by Shane Ivers. Until next time, I wish you many powerful moments of ordinary magic. <laughs>